the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 19 of That's a Shame. Wow. I am your host, Declan. And I am your host, Isaac. I don't like that we're both the same host there. It makes us sound like those uh, horrid aliens that have two heads. Well, when, the ones. well when you start the show, you always say, I'm your host and with me. No, is. I don't. I don't think I do. I think I say, I'm Isaac, and with me. No, listen I don't back. like the word host, because with my Catholic upbringing, I just think of bits of wafer. <laughs> I was so thinking, when you said that, I just picture a big face on a wafer. I was thinking more of those uh, demons that take possession of you. That's the basis of Catholicism, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah I go. went to church the other day for the first time in a really long time. Uh, this is That's a Shame, by the way. Welcome back, everyone. And Because uh, my grandma was here, as I mentioned. Yeah, I was going to say, you've not... You're not born again. No, not in a big way. And um, something that I've always considered a shame from about the age of four and have never, I hadn't really clocked that it counted in our show's remit until just then was, so have you ever been to a Catholic mass first? Uh, several. Uh, again, right. raised Catholic. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, the bit, the communion bit, you get in a line, here's what happens. You get in a the line, they normally play some music. I find yep. at this point, the priest likes to inject often if it's not a song, I was going to say a carol, if it's not like a hymn that everyone sings, <laughs> yeah. then the priest will often p- play some kind of a cheesy, like happy clappy style song on a CD or something. Right. Or like at this particular church, they had a folk band, which was, I mean, that was a shame. It, the folk band was <laughs> a guy playing an out of tune guitar a boy who was in the middle of his voice breaking so he could sing neither the treble or the rest of the song and a girl playing a violin but I mean I don't think she knew where it was Oh, and so they were doing that and normally what happens for those who don't know is you go, you line up you sort of put your palms over each other like a cup preparing to receive the body of Christ let's leave that there, that's another discussion for another time yep. and uh, you go forward, you say body of Christ priest, no he says that <laughs> I steal his line as well. <laughs> Priests like body of Christ. You're like, ah, oh, man, he gives it to you. You eat it. You leave. That's yep. life. Now what some people do in a deeply, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're getting off on it to some extent because I can see why it exists. But most people who use it do not suffer the cause to use it. Instead of holding their hands out, they'll just walk forwards with their hands, Put their tongue out. usually behind their back. Yeah. And they just open their mouth with Dreadful. a little, yeah, there and the priest has to like gingerly place this circle of wafer <laughs> on the flobby like spit covered pulsating pink but with white scum tongue of some aged catholic and pretend that that's like part of his job what's that about well Why do they do it? i don't know i mean i've no problem with it because i think that if your entire job is to propagate lies the least the, Ooh, the, hot take. the least you could do is pop a, a bit of bread <laughs> Onto someone's tongue. It's horrid, though. There's no need for it unless unless there is, like, a legitimate reason. Like, you're disabled to the point that you're unable to, you know, move your hand to your mouth. Then, uh, in which case, I wonder how you lined up in the first place. I thought you were going to say, because, obviously, you're only supposed to take the, the bread and the wine if you've had your Holy Communion. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, uh, and I, I, I never have. So, whenever I... You've been sneaking? Drag- no, no. Well, I haven't. This is the thing, is that whenever I've been dragged along to these things by aunts and uncles and whatnot, and you have to go up anyway, is uh, is this really kind of patronising, 
you get a blessing. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> they go, participation. Yes, yeah, you, they get you know the people go up in the body of Christ and they're like yes, and and they take it. And then you go the body of Christ here. Afraid not, and he's like, "Oh well, God loves you as well. Don't oh, <laughs> off you go." Like gives you a little pat on the head, and you fuck off. Can you imagine if it was like, um, presumably to the priest, it must be as important as it's the literal because transubstantiation in the Catholic Church, they believe it is the body of Christ. Oh, yeah, like it's not representative of. No, it, it literally is. is, even though it. I mean, it's bread. Even though it's it's characteristically like in terms of its attributes, not even it though is. The body of Christ. Even they ask how it works. Even though, even though most of them have to like order it in from somewhere. <laughs> it's made. I used to be told it was made by nuns, and then I found out that it was made by blind nuns. The particular one. <laughs> and I don't know. There was something a bit disturbing about blind nuns, like squeaking over bread. It's a bit like the it, cook. It feels like know, a Matilda. It feels like a shit Doctor Who episode. <laughs> blind nuns. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you believe that and fair play to you that you're ingesting the body of christ with a room of people who are doing the same how much of a dick move is it just because you haven't had your first holy communion (laughs) to refuse to share the actual body of jesus with one guy because he's got his arms crossed afraid afraid you're not committed to this love yeah (laughs) what i what i like as well is because i when I, i i was born in London, and we were living in East London for the first uh-huh. four, nearly five years of my life. And we used to go to, to church on Sundays every week then. But then when we moved down, we didn't go to church anymore. Um, uh, and um, Godless county, isn't it? That's the one. <laughs> can't, can't find a church if you pay no, for one. No Jesus there. But uh, So the next time that I went to church, really, was sort of years later when I was staying with my aunt um, and all of my, the rest of my aunts are, are very devout Irish Catholics. Um, and so we went along to church and I had forgotten all about the call and response. So <laughs> Don't call it the call and response. It's not like... Uh, I'm pretty sure that is literally its name. I think it's got a bit of a grander name than that. I don't think the Catholic church is going to... Line up I'm, with the I'm always certain cake. that it is certainly called the response, but I, I, oh I yeah, could... the responsorial psalm. Oh right, there yeah. you go. No, <laughs> <laughs> you, no. you can't that. call it a psalm because I, you know I was sat there bored as 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 ever, thinking wow. myself the sort of cool thirteen year old atheist. Yeah, I Edgy. reject all this. You know, slash R slash bored, kicking the seat in front of me a little bit maybe, and then suddenly the you know the priest in the middle of his dreary monotone address says and the Lord be with you. And suddenly a room full of people in the exact same cadence immediately you respond, and also with you. And what the <laughs> fuck is going on? It was that it whale odd, song. It? Yeah, it's like if you forget where you are for a moment, it just becomes such a bizarre... It's so ritualistic. And yeah. And that's obvious because it is a ritual. Yeah. But you forget while you're there, unless you take a step back. Because like you said, there's that long... The bit where you say, like, I believe in Almighty God, the Father, whatever, that whole long bit. Mm-hmm. But it's about three minutes of uninterrupted speech that follows the exact same pattern. And it's like this unending cadence, I believe, in one Father, the other, and it just goes on and on forever. And it's just a really odd thing to, like, look around and find yourself amongst. It's so dreary as well. Like, there's no, there's no yeah. hope in it. It's not, it, it's not an upbeat response. It is very much, the kind of ritualistic worry about death that yeah. all religion naturally and inherently must be. Yeah. And, and it just kind of 
you know, it's simultaneously terrifying and dull. <laughs> it's an amazing, it's an amazing combination. <laughs> what a balance to have struck. <laughs> like, wow. You're like, if I, I, if I believed even half a sentence of this, I'd be terrified, but I don't. So it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> Two uh, related stories that I have not related, I don't think yet. And we didn't plan to talk about this. Maybe we'll get onto spoilers, but yeah. probably not. Oh, we should say now we are spoiler. introducing. Yeah, spoiler for the rest of the episode. We have our first, uh, what are we calling it, feature? Feature, not Room 101. Yeah, so in episode 10, I think, we came up with the idea of doing this feature. It's now episode 19. Uh, some have said we could have done it a bit faster, <laughs> but I've had a lot of people emailing in that I had to respond to and stuff, so we've worked it all out. And that's coming up later. We've got a lovely guest, uh, so stay tuned. Is that enough admin, do you I think? think that's Did I fine. do that well? Yeah, no, get back to God. So, yeah, church stories. Oh, church stories, where to begin? Well, my favourite is uh, William, who is my stepdad, like my mum's partner of 14 or 15 years now. He had been raised by two atheist parents in London. He'd never been to church before he came. Uh, we were up for Christmas, I think, at my grandma's, which is on the Wirral, like near Liverpool. Yeah. And I think it was quite possibly his first time in a church for a non like it wasn't a christening or a wedding just a, a normal church reason right and another bit of the i don't know if this is exclusive to the catholic mass i would kind of guess it's not but there's a bit just before i think the communion where we recap peace being everywhere to like uh lift up your hearts we lift them up to the lord all that stuff let us spread peace something like that and then he says the line let us offer each other a shine a sign of peace and what happens oh, yeah. next yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh if you forget it's coming it can be even if you oh, know, have done it before because it, be, it snaps you out because people start turning and talking and there's like a hubbub ensues which is quite different to the chanting you normally get because what happens is uh People are turning around to shake each other's hands. Sometimes if they know each other, they'll go in for like a hug, yep. a little awkward kiss on both cheeks. And, uh, and what they say is, peace be with you, because it's the Christ message of, spe- of spreading peace around yeah. the world. Now, William hadn't been to church before, and we neglected to kind of, because it's second nature having been, oh, like yeah. whenever I was living at my grandma's, I would go every week, at least once, sometimes more, to church. So it becomes like ingrained. And so I hadn't really thought about how odd it was to experience for the first time. So all these people started turning around to him to shake hands. And he he's a little bit deaf, but not like that deaf. No. Because But what he heard and started repeating back to people, really earnestly shaking hands, trying to be like polite, because probably to ingratiate himself with my grandma and like yeah. get in with that side of the family. He was just shaking hands going, pleased to meet you. <laughs> oh, pleased, to, pleased to meet you too. Yeah. Oh no, it's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> just such a lost like how can he help that situation <laughs> you know you, 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 you let it go on it's nice enough he's not he's not yeah. saying fuck off <laughs> get out <laughs> yeah exactly this is bunk what's it like yeah so uh, that's uh that's nice also have i have we seen together the mad guy in canterbury who does watercolors about god i think i might have brought him up on the show before i think you, you've certainly mentioned him to me but I, I, we haven't encountered him together I hope I haven't told this before. It's not really a story, but the the context is there's a guy who stands at the end of the high street every so often. And he's this really charismatic speaker. I, now that I'm saying this, I do think I've mentioned him before. And he basically talks about, I can't remember what denomination they are. I think they're like fairly new non-denominational types. 
spouting on about God, and he does watercolors to accommodate his view and to like put forward his his opinion. I have because he had the this is historical, this is hysterical, was his great line before about right. pointing to history and then pointing to uh, pictures of monkeys and things. <laughs> the other day I saw him in town. And uh, he does, to his credit, he opens the floor up for rebuttal. So he says, he gets his wallet out. This is one of his things. I've seen him about four times now. He always does this. Reaches into his pocket for his wallet. He says, I will give you, he looks around the crowd, big crowd, 30 people, something like that. I will give you a hundred pounds right now. The, the amount changes. Sometimes it's like, I think it's whatever he has on him. Depending on but whether it's been a good like, week or not. Yeah, for God. Sometimes he looks in his wallet and is like, I will give you a million pretend dollars if you can so that's when he's doing badly he's waiting for his paycheck to yeah if you can provide any evidence against the bible any evidence for evolution and stuff like that and so i always sit back to kind of watch what happens next because that's where the real fun lies yeah and uh this guy stepped up to the plate and he launched into a extremely surprisingly coherent measured detailed rebuttal of pretty much everything the guy had said for the last <laughs> which ended with and it was kind of like a historical look at the what's the word the historicity of yeah. the bible about like the sources texts from a similar time and how they uh say similar things in parts but then don't have accounts of other yeah. stuff that the bible does and he ended with this and that's why there is a huge amount of uncertainty about the bible in academia and the guy paused for a moment and thought, because he doesn't want to give up the money, of course. Well, no. Who's got a million fake dollars to give away? Not him. Not judging by the quality <laughs> as, of as, as well as, supplies. As well as the entirety of your dignity, belief, and life's work. <laughs> <laughs> that's another. That's the real kicker. <laughs> he pauses and he looks down at the floor and you can see the cogs turning in his head as he just uh, stores for time, just like doing that kind of patronising thing where he nods. Yeah, yeah, no, good point. And he looked up, made eye contact with somehow everyone at once just looked around the the court standing yeah. in front of him. And he said, he looked at the guy and he said, the Bible is true. And I can tell you why in one sentence. You want to hear it? And the guy was like, yeah, go for it. Sure. Uh, I'd love to hear it. This is going to change the face of, of like the whole world. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and he said. He didn't say God said so. No, oh no, he's not a hack. You, were you thinking this wasn't going to end with him proving? Oh, I see. Sorry, I'm, is this, you're so If silly. I switch on the news in an hour and a half, am I going to find him? Yeah, I'm breaking it here because I don't know if anyone else in Canterbury does podcasting or has a Twitter. <laughs> he looks up and he says, "If you," and he does a strong point. At right. Moment, if you can write a book, and God made you, then God can write a book. And I just stood <laughs> and let that sit. Right. While everyone was just, I don't know, I I burst out laughing, which was clearly the wrong thing to do, because he has plants in the audience. I, again, I can't remember if I've told this already, but the first time I went, uh, a woman sidled up to me, like, with all the subtlety of, like, an anvil falling off a cliff. Yeah. Sidled up and was like, so what are you thinking about this whole thing? Pretty convincing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> It was wow. so lovely, though. It was such you're not, a sweet you, attempt. You're not part of... You, you, you're no. not involved with... Me? No. I'm just one of, I'm one of the guys. <laughs> I met you at the pub, remember? You're a 50-year-old woman. I don't think I do remember. Uh, she sidled up and was like, yeah, so it's pretty pretty good stuff, isn't it, all this Jesus malarkey? 
And I was like, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I like hearing him talk. And she's like, so you believe it all? Yeah, like it's obvious. So I have some reservations, you know. I've studied like philosophy of religion is something I find really interesting. And I'm kind of agnostic leaning in the sense that like teapot agnostic. Like I, yeah, I don't need to explain that to our audience. But famous hitchhikers thing. And she was like, oh yeah, okay, well, that's cool. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I, I'm with you really, because it's, it is persuasive, but I just need to see more of the evidence. And then she did this really loud, <coughs> at which point the guy came over to chat and we were there for like an oh, hour wow. talking. And he, like, he's really nice, uh, kind of arrogant cock. I hate the name. Right. Yeah. I've changed <laughs> that's the I've one. <laughs> no, he's, I find him quite entertaining. He's not that nice, but he's quite funny. And, uh, decent at arguing and he was like giving me all this knowledge laying it all on me he didn't drop the god line no but then uh after about an hour of talking to these people i had to go like i had to get a train i think i'd just come from like getting my hair cut and i was like i'm sorry i have to go it's been great chatting whatever they gave me all that literature which you see at my house which is like little pamphlets that are printed off for uh, like 20p a pop called things like uh why did God make the races and things like that? Oh yeah. Wonderful. And, uh, as I left, he was like, what's your name, sir? I said, it's Isaac. And he was like, oh, it's a Bible name. I'll pray for you. And they joined in this big prayer circle and were chanting about praying for me as I left. Isn't that nice? That is nice, but also haunting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Haunting. But I, there's something about that logic that just the confidence with which he delivered. If you can write a book well, yeah. and God made you, then God, well, he can write a book. It's but like I'd- the most circular. <laughs> I don't know whether it is like confidence or whether it is just a form of ignorance. I don't know. I mean, it must be both. I always think this because I, when you see real um, like intellectual takedowns, yeah. you just wonder how anyone could ever recover. Uh-huh. Like I've been reading. Not just in the debate. Like no. Emotionally. No, no. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, like I've been sending you uh, photos of uh, of just quotes from this book uh-huh. I'm reading at the moment. It's just a, a, like a collection of academic essays, most of them targeted at denouncing incorrect or ignorant demagogues. Uh-huh. And uh, my favourite one from the other day was uh, our good friend Gnome. Oh, Gnome. <laughs> who, uh, who was writing about uh, Ronald Reagan. And uh, he sort of had a, a small paragraph about him. And then there was, you know, the little four superscript four and i sort of flicked onwards 40 pages to the notes to check out what it was and it was just a single sentence that said uh, when i say uh reagan knows um i'm referring of course to his speech writers or his planners any sentence that begins reagan knows is likely to be false (laughs) (laughs) well how do you ever ever recover from that like Uh, i mean you you could never show your face again no. after someone said that. There was one this morning that I found as well, which I think is the best tweet of all time, uh-huh. which is someone um, retweeted uh, Andrew Neil, who I don't know who if I've, I don't know British if I've mentioned political pundit. Yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned my hatred for him on the show before, but he is a fucking prick. <laughs> uh, who has never once allowed a single other human in his presence to finish a sentence. Uh-huh. Um, but he tweeted something really like blandly obvious about um, Grenfell Tower. And someone had sort of like quoted it 
and uh, and and made the point that yeah, go on, Andrew, like you're nearly there. Come on, you you're close to hitting something interesting. And someone just replied to him saying, "Good luck with that." As the well-known saying goes, you can lead Andrew Neil to an obvious conclusion, but you can't make him not a cunt. I <laughs> think. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's the great. most incredible takedown of all time. I'd delete my Twitter account. <laughs> I would. I would delete myself. Yeah, I would, from like, the face of the air. The Daily Politics. That's over. That yeah. just can't share it anymore. It's just going to be reruns of the Teletubbies now, <laughs> like because it probably about as politically relevant. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. It is a powerful. Uh, just to have that rhetoric to hand to be able to just grasp yeah. for something that's so simple but so devastating <laughs> that there can be no comeback. There's no room for a comeback. It's no. just powerful. It's like whenever um, anyone uh, of any ill repute dies now, uh-huh. um, on, on on the sort of Reddit thread that manages to make it to the front page, there'll always be someone who uh, who quotes Hitchens. I can't remember who Hitchens was actually talking about. He was talking about a reverend um, who died. Yeah, I can't remember which one, but we'll pop it on the old Twitter or something later. But essentially, his uh, his quote on television at the time when he was interviewed about it was that if you'd given the man an enema, you could have buried him in a matchbox. (laughs) 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 Such an incredibly like succinct dismissal of everything they've ever. It's also so nice because you can hear how uh, smug that is as well. Oh yeah, you know that he laughed about that himself. Oh my god, he probably like probably had it framed on his own wall. (laughs) And and I'm telling you now that I would too if I'd come up with it. (laughs) I wonder why film critics in particular seem to be so good at these one-line things. I guess there's an element of it which is like now that is what you have to do to succeed in at least written criticism. Yeah. Because of people like Roger Ebert. Uh, But at the same time, it seems like maybe people who are already really good at these single sentence tweetable put downs are gravitating towards that as an industry. I suppose because you know that you'll have lots of material to work with. Yeah. An infinite supply of Hollywood. Yeah. Because some of Roger Ebert are just the best lines ever. The barrel one is probably my favourite thing. The the one about... um... Is it called Mad Dog Down or Mad Dog Hour? I can't remember. It's some. It's some like <laughs> either way. It's yeah, a bullshit some, title. And his his review was uh, that he uh, something like I've um, I've seen a lot of dreadful movies, but never before today have I seen a film that didn't in any way improve upon a blank screen viewed for the same length of time. <laughs> that that <laughs> watching this film was like waiting for three hours for a bus in a city where you're not entirely sure they have a bus route. <laughs> and then after some more specifics, I think he, he rounded it off by saying that the uh, the film should be cut up and made into ukulele picks for the poor. What <laughs> <laughs> specific idea. It's very lovely, though. I, the, his, his one that stays with me as well, that I think I wrote down when I saw it, just so that I'd always somewhere have a copy of it, was his... <laughs> his uh, review of Spice World, because uh-huh. I think I just enjoyed the idea of imagining Rodri, but watching Spice World. <laughs> what, what must that be like as a person? <laughs> and, um, and he, I can't even remember the, the full sentence, but the, the bit of it that sticks with me always is um, something about 
making a film about five people whose main distinguishing features that they have different names. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not inaccurate. Have you seen Spice World? Yes, I have. Not good by a stretch. <laughs> it's not a film. No, it's not it's one long nightmare. Does, like it doesn't it doesn't fall into any genre. It's not a What's documentary, like the, it's not a biopic, it's not what are the character arcs, would you say? Uh that each person travelled along a completely flat line. <laughs> that every <laughs> every single member of the Spy Girls had entirely plateaued by that point. <laughs> it's got three point four out of ten on IMDb, so that's pretty damning. Yeah. Let's see what the reviews say. Well, the first review incorrectly gives it 10 out of 10 stars. Probably, probably wrong, yeah. I think it's that might be by one of the Spice Girls themselves there. <laughs> Do you think they think it's good? Oh, almost certainly. Don't know. What about, the, feel- um, what about the review I sent you the other day? Uh-huh. Um, I was buying a, a book off Amazon um, called The Gulf War Did Not Take Place. And it's like a, a sort of a postmodernist take on the idea that the war that everyone watched on the news and that was relayed through the media, the war as everyone understands it, isn't what actually happened. Uh-huh. Um, I think quite obviously meant to be taken in the metaphorical sense in which the title is is stated. Yes. But uh, there were about 10 reviews of it on Amazon. And the one at the top of the list was one star. I was there. The war was real. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lovely example of missing the point. The quite people quite died, were torn to pieces, burned beyond recognition in flame, gutted armor, fighting vehicles. The it's author, a shame that- the author, is a fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that the person who wrote that review would probably agree with the content of the book. Yeah, because they're kind of arguing from the same page. But sadly, just, uh, it feels like they've yeah. never read a book over his head one of these reviews of the Spice Girls film is called every bit as good as their music unfortunately <laughs> from Adam B reviewing this in February 1999 wow and it's got two great lines in it at least I was actually pretty apathetic towards the Spice Girls until I saw this movie but this is too much <laughs> this is the first English speaking movie I've seen that requires English subtitles so you can figure out what the little darlings are saying patronising there Alan I'd say that's uh Slightly sexist. Fortunately, there's no plot, so you can just treat it like a 90-minute long music video. For an added challenge, <laughs> for an added challenge, see if you can resist the urge to keep from clawing your own eyes out of their sockets while protecting your ears from bleeding while they sing and prance their way into your spleen. Ugh. Oh, a spice world he ends is a cruel world indeed. So I think we should watch it. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. No. Because we I'm- once floated the idea of doing like audio commentaries for films didn't we yeah no we could do that still at some point yeah i think we should do that I'm, one I'm, I'm game for that and i think spice world should be top of the list before we before we do that though we do still need to watch sex pod for tim oh yeah okay we'll get to that we'll get so, on that episode 20 is our next one uh i know an um, absolute milestone i know and have we got anything special planned? No. I'm thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> you know us. Do you think we're likely to plan anything special in I the think, intervening few days? Um, I think that we probably should. I feel like we should as well. I feel like we have a duty uh, to do so. We should mention as well that we put out in our... There's no Hooked this week, guys. Or this Wednesday, today, this episode. <laughs> what I'm saying is they'll be Hooked on Sunday. <laughs> episode 20 will resume. We put out a call on Twitter, as we mentioned in episode 18. 
for you guys to vote on which our next story should be. And we had a far bigger response than I expected of, I, I expected it would just be me casting the deciding vote. Yeah. Uh, Order of the Fox Tooth, I can confirm, will be the next story. So if you want to read ahead, get a sense of the narrative, then that would be an error. <laughs> so that would be an overestimation of its complicated. What if we open this one and it's got like a cast of 30 characters? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the fact that if it goes beyond two, we are in some it's sense fucked. scuttled. <laughs> I'm going to we'll get like Microsoft Sam to play all the rest. <laughs> hey, Cortana, say this. <laughs> If anyone's listening out loud, I bet you just set off their Windows machine to do something weird. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, but look, I think we should segue into our feature. How do you feel about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, this is pre-recorded. I mean, the whole thing is pre-recorded for you. So it <laughs> this is much pre-pre-recorded. Yeah. This is sort of blue-perfect podcasting. It is. Imagine that, and, um, that for a grammatical joke. All I'll say to set it up is that... It, our guest, Amy, sets the bar very high for future guests. Uh, we do plan on having more people in future, but let us know what you think of the feature uh, as a concept. We'll kind of hone it. Anything to say to set it up, Declan? Uh, only that um, any accusations that we are at all derivative of 90% of cynical media that's gone <laughs> before us are completely outlandish and baseless. Yeah, have been exaggerated. Uh, this is a, a height... This is the absolute apex of originality yeah. in uh, spoken word media. And if God should... can come up with a feature and God created us, <laughs> then we invented Room 101. That's the one I'd like to say. <laughs> Here it is and we'll see you on the other side. You've not asked me the question that is uppermost in your mind, Winston. You know what is in Room 101. Everyone knows what's in Room 101. <laughs> So here we are. This is a feature. Um, I'm excited. A poorly defined one, uh, an even well, more poorly organised one. I wouldn't say it's poorly defined. It's just that we defined it so long ago that even to us, the definition <laughs> is but a, a dream of a memory. Yeah. So uh, essentially, you may remember, if you were one of the 12 people that listened to episode <laughs> eight or whatever it was, that we're uh, we're starting a feature, as in to say now... <laughs> You're in it, guys. This is it. All right. We're in. We're going to get people who have something they want to plug, something they want to get off their chest. Fellow friends of the podcast community. Other, yeah, I'd say it's more the friends than plugging. Other artists. Plugging is incidental. Yeah, but also central. Yeah. Yes. But we don't mention it. It's, no. It's the underlying <laughs> subtext of why anyone would bother to spend time. Yeah, exactly. It's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so this is the inaugural one. We're going to get people on. We're calling this Not Room 101. Uh-huh. And explain why. Uh, because it's like Room 101, but we don't have the rights. Uh, <laughs> and so what we've done quite cleverly, I don't know if people will pick <laughs> up on this. If up on it, yeah. What you do is, if you want to make like your own Disneyland, you call it Not Disneyland, or Disney Not Land, uh, and then they can't do you for it. That's pretty much how that works. Yeah. So uh, we'll have a guest on. And uh, they will explain to us, they'll bring something to us as fans of the show they no doubt are, something they consider to be a shame. And we will almost inevitably agree, because most things are. <laughs> Just on a pure probabilistic <laughs> basis. Yeah. You'll have a good shot of winning. The you num- have to choose something like <laughs> the concept of peace, <laughs> equality. Um, hang on one second. <laughs> But yeah. So let's introduce our guest, shall we? Well, inaugural guest. Well, why not allow her to introduce herself? Hello. I've been, oh, I've been, I have been here 
for the last two minutes and the goodness. last how many weeks? Uh, oh goodness! Just Don't here. ask us that. No, just here. Silently. About four months. It's the first time they've let me speak. Um, I'm Amy. She's been sitting in the background. <laughs> Normally, just let's, let's clap a bit. Oh, that's bleak. <laughs> normally I'm just scared. normally just there nodding yeah. or shaking your head. I'm just, yeah. Okay. Directing the episode silently. Mm-hmm. Sat under the table. Um, and they've let me up to have a voice. Well, exactly. it's very nice for you to join us. Pioneers of equality that we are. Yeah. Amy had to fill in a form to be here, despite knowing Declan in her personal <laughs> life. And that just goes to show the kind of value Declan holds on friendship. Look, you know, reason. I have lots of people that I'm friends with. Not all of them are entertainment worthy. And if you oh. can't make yourself appear entertainment worthy in a form, then frankly, <laughs> how could you? What, it's what one of the great pos- vehicles for comedy. What possible medium could convey your entertainment Hilarity. value? So you've brought something for us today. Well, yeah, I have you? something. Uh, this is one of those uh, magic of art things where we're pretending that we don't already know exactly what it is. I was just reading through it as you said it. It's like uh, on one of those sort of like BBC daytime shows where they, uh, they go around to someone's house and and they knock on the door and the person opens the door and they're like, Oh, hi, it's, it's Jamie from the BBC. As if like, they haven't already had to go in the house, plan out where they're going to shoot. There's from. a shot from behind the naked. door. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're just there's some, a shot of them opening. Someone the who sneaked in the back way. Oh, Keith Chegwin's <laughs> turned up on my doorstep. <laughs> and he's fucking naked again, <laughs> bastard. <clears throat> but yeah, okay. I've um, I've just come along to moan. That's the vibe. So tell us that what is it is. the vibe. What That's are you moaning about? Right, dictatorial instructions. In the guise of song lyrics, that's my opening. So by, by it's a strong opening. By Thank dictatorial, you. you don't mean politically. No, uh, well, possibly. <laughs> oh, the like, fascist who, songs. Do you know what it? It comes close. <laughs> Amy's, um, Amy's doing a dissertation on the Hitler Youth, <laughs> the musicality of the Hitler Youth. Um, no, it's it's songs that are written. Usually, it's a chorus comprising oh. of one line that asks an audience to do something. And it's purely to accommodate the power trip of the person on stage. I mean, anything like put your hands up, anything like uh-huh. that, jump around. That that like it's, <laughs> it's it's nobody's enjoying themselves. You can't. The be- the best thing about jump around is that the rest of the song has nothing to do with jumping. jumping. <laughs> this is what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's about it's about Arnold Schwartz. It's about sitting down mostly. <laughs> I just it yeah basically I think it's it's lazy writing. It's creatively bankrupt, lyrically moribund. And it's, it is, it's just, it's written with the artist's fingers crossed that one day it'll be played in an arena because now, there's mm-hmm. frankly no other environment where it works. I mean, before we, we go on and, and agree with you, you're not casting aspersions against that beacon of musical perfection that is turned down for what, are you? I would imagine not, because, just to jump in. Yeah, just, no, because that's not... That isn't telling you what to do. I mean, it's very much an imperative yeah. <laughs> in every, in every <laughs> grammatical sense. It is. There are a couple of loopholes. What there does are... it even mean, though, turn down from is, exactly. is that why it gets through? Because no one's because it's such clue. an abstract What does it mean? Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not telling a large body of people how to behave. No. Or, wow. or it is, but they don't understand it. Yes, so exactly. They've got no idea what's going on. So I suppose for you, I mean... 
the cha-cha slide is the absolute nadir of all art. <laughs> They've eschewed the so, idea of the verse. Do you know what? That's more an instruction manual. I was going to say, a, do you know what, honestly, song. I think that is a grey area because... Oh, really? Because it's not trying not to be instructions. Oh, like, they're, uh, like right. they're not shying away from the fact that they have got command of the room. It's just the shamelessness yeah. of it. <laughs> so you don't... It's the underhandedness that you don't like it's when they're the, just slipping it in. It's when they can't be bothered to write uh-huh. anything else. And so, so where do you land on, like, the time warp, for example? That's, like, that's no, just that's, again, though, not telling you what to... It's like, that's the same situation as, like, Saturday night. The dance uh-huh, came say, as a byproduct. Every, every, yes. every school disco, right. you hear that... Everyone knows where they're going. And you remember what happiness is like. So you went sat there as a child, like, in primary school. Spitting. And and the teacher goes, right, we're going to do the hokey-cokey. And you go, here we go. Oh, we fuck. Fucking hell. Yeah, okay. Again, though, not shying away from it. It's, it's when it's sort of really slyly. It, it's laziness. It's, it's, yeah, it's filling in for basically people that couldn't write a good enough song to get it. It's, uh-huh. it's such an overt and desperate attempt to be anthemic. And it's written by people who want to stand on a stage and sort of get an idea of how maybe elbow feel when the violins <laughs> kick in. Um, it's I think that's quite generous to the listening tastes of someone who writes, put your hands up <laughs> 85 times. In a row. Um, but yeah, I think when a song's good enough, you know, like you, when we watched it, did you watch the one love concert? The, um, I tried my absolute best not to. Oh no, I did. It, it was, it was quite sweet. See, I saw cold. What even was it? I saw cold. The Ariana Grande one. Isaac. Oh, yeah. Isaac, Why is it called One Love? God only knows. I suppose it's something about not being terrorists. I guess, though, but One Love's not very many. They've got One Love. It's for murder. <laughs> for murder. Um, this was not for murder. And this was for this was for Coldplay to get up and ruin... Yeah, for Ariana Grande to plug her like significantly less talented boyfriend. To... Yeah. Oh, no. Is that Big Sean? I don't know. I don't know. I think it used to be. I think it used to be. That's my Ariana Grande knowledge. No, yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of crossover between Ariana Grande and Coldplay fans. No, well, I don't. Other know. than the fact that they it might was, be parents. It was mums, each other. Yeah, mums. it wasn't even all of them. Like it was. It was like it was, there was Chris Martin and someone yeah. else who sort of stood in the middle of the stage and did a acoustic guitar only cover of "Don't Look Back in Anger." Like, well, oh, don't that do that. Song. Don't do that in Manchester. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, you can't do "Don't Look Back in Anger" without drums anyway. Because everyone a, knows yeah. that's the best bit. As a side note, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on Liam Gallagher because I feel like you will love or hate him. What about Liam? Both, yeah, both of you. I uh, disappointingly, I find it quite hard to hate Liam Gallagher just because I agree. I yeah. having listened to Noel Gallagher for quite a long time in Russell Brand's podcast over the years. It seems like even for Noel, Liam is Too a much. baffling enigma <laughs> think, because think, he just is what he is. Like, yeah, he's just such anybody, a anybody so unapologetically a self-parody. Yeah, I do, like yeah. just absolutely demands respect. He had yeah. the temerity to walk on at that concert dressed like he'd finished a shift at the RNLI <laughs> and still and come out, came out and sang about being a rock star. I think that's, yeah. you know, you can't argue with that. You can't I agree, argue yeah. With that. Not even Noel, because they've had their, like, famously and all over the tabloids, like, they're falling out yeah. multiple times over the years. But even Noel refers to him as the last great rock star. And he kind <laughs> of was. Like, there's no one who 
holds that gives kind less of, of a shit singularity in in pop culture. I don't think. Yeah, he's one of few people whose rehabilitation I, I I don't I don't mind. I can sort of get behind. Yeah, it's not like when Even they get though, it's not when they get George Bush on the on the telly to talk about his paintings. <laughs> Who gives a fuck, George? <laughs> Even though Noel is clearly the more talented one, Liam was like yeah. the image. Yeah, I, I would like fun. to. Um, I think you've identified something that the bit that interests me the most is the idea that they write this song mm. on their own somewhere with all these instructions. That at that time, like you say, it's just a dream yeah, that absolutely. one day someone might put their hands up because it's very antithetical to songwriting. I don't know. It's not conveying anything, is it? It's no. kind of asking some people to convey back to you and this, their appreciation for you. This is it. Very little irritates me more. Um, Taylor Swift speaking in her songs comes close. That is a that shame. Is, that is the shame of all shames. Um, but I don't know. I thought about this. I thought about how do you go about sitting down in a studio or in your bedroom and writing, uh, heavy scare quotes, writing a song like that. So you basically come up with one sentence, then say, right, well, that's lyrics covered. And then I remembered <laughs> that scouting for girls exist and oh that that God. is a technique that is alive and well. That is... Oh. They, they had the, the audacity to write the one line and the one melody, and that was it. Well, this is the thing. So I've built up a bit of a fantasy in my head about how they actually... Write. Is there three of them? Four, three of them? Could be one. I think it's just a machine. There's three, there's three. <laughs> I think there's three of them. And they're just sort of sat in a room and with like mind maps trying to find a sentence and then one of them does it, says, is this okay? The other one goes, right, lyrics down, let's do music. What should we go for? And then someone else just sort of says, oh, I don't know, imagine if... If a piano could be nervous, what would it sound like? <laughs> sort of like jittery. Or like, I'm going to teach myself piano chords. Mm. And that's it. They're done. It's like... Um, Made a killing. It's like, you know that guy who does... Um, he sings All Star Smash Mouth over every popular song oh, yeah. for the last three decades. <laughs> what a hero that man so is. You can do that with the lyrics and melody of any two-door mm. cinema club to any other two-door cinema club song. <laughs> there are, there's, no, there's no combination that's incompatible. They all have the exact same chord. But they found the formula, and is it more of a shame that people are capitalising on the oh, fact definitely. that it works, or yeah. is the real shame that we Buy enable them to? Yeah. And we're fine because with it, people yeah. do put their hands up, and they do bring it I down do. to the floor. <laughs> I Amy's I mean, cut never off met. her own I'm hand. Bet in in all of our lives, I'm sure there has been some point where we followed the instructions mindlessly, perhaps drunkenly. Oh, I don't know. It's my silent I mean, I protest. It's my little, Isaac, little finger to the man. Isaac, I know that you and I certainly have. <laughs> I, I actually create my own put your hands up moments in, in popular songs because 212 doesn't have one. It no. should have had. I, yeah. Isaac and I actually um, end up wherever we are and whatever the song is doing the hand jive from Greece <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and that makes you better people than most that's it's a good, uh, it works over a lot of things the hand jive yeah. it's flexible versatile peace also people are always inordinately impressed that you yeah. can remember eight consecutive claps I had no to learn that high in, like, primary school what? So what? for your sats <laughs> no we had uh, yeah it was the entrance exam I went to dance academy it was quite special <laughs> No, I used to, we did a dance club or something at my primary school when we were like year three. And I think we were mandatorily involved in it because I can't imagine wanting to have joined it as an eight-year-old. 
But yeah, I think we learned the hand jive and hand that was about it. <laughs> yeah, that was basically that was the remix. That's yeah, I don't know. We had a hacker class once. Oh right. Yeah. For how long? Maybe an hour. However, how long can you keep children's attention span? Oh, fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was a fifteen minute class. It felt it felt like an hour. You could probably keep it for longer if a lot of what you're asking them to do is stamp and Shout. scream. Yeah. Yeah, stick your tongue out. Not to people. not to trivialise that. <laughs> but that is most of what um, it is. So yeah, it was I lovely. guess it boils down to it. Yeah. That's kind of screaming and eye bulging. Yeah. Have you seen all those funeral videos of hackers being done? No, I've seen yes. wedding ones. Oh, <laughs> Slightly more well, opposite. <laughs> How versatile is the hacker? Isaac's in a darker part of the internet than you. Yeah. It's is it great... the same hacker that you do at every one? Yeah. Because then they've worked similarly, like Two Door Cinema Club. They've just created <laughs> one thing that a works formula. for every scenario. <laughs> so do you hate the hacker scenario. as well, Amy? I'm fine with the hacker. Okay. Yeah, I'm. That's okay. That's that's is what it is. It's again shamelessly the same routine over and over again. They're not trying to pretend it's something. They are not. No, they are not being. They're not creatively lazy. That is. That's what it is. And basically, I thought I've spent nine grand a year on learning how to point evidence explanation really well because that's pretty much what (laughs) English. You see, that's that's an English degree, guys. Um. So the Q. The quote. Yeah. Oh, okay. Quote, quote, comment. We had pee point just so that, so that boring teachers could appear funny when they say pee all over the page. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. That's point sad. evident explanation. That could be a whole other feature. Uh, what I liked, oh, what I liked about my English acronyms. degree is that they like to pretend... Because, I mean, university writing is different from A-level writing, but it's not inordinately not different. No. And so they, they really like to be like, no, you don't have the, uh, the PQC structure here. We don't, you know, we don't abide by that. And then you're like, so how do you need to do it? And you go, well, obviously each uh, paragraph should start with an explanation of what it is you're going to say. Um, you're going to need to back that up with some evidence from the text, obviously. Uh, and then after that, you should probably elaborate on what it is that you've said. But uh, everything you've just said doesn't fit oh, right. an acronym. Like, oh, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry yeah. about the background noise. Yeah, what was that? Time. My phone went very straight. Were you getting a song on? <laughs> no, I just, I tried to put it on Do Not Disturb Mode and it started playing I Believe I Can <laughs> I like, I'm gonna have which I just what? don't have in my library. <laughs> Why did I don't know what button I pressed because I wasn't really looking at it. I was in my left hand. Oh dear. That's well, weird. look, I think I, we've never done this feature before. Yeah. I imagine the wrap up should be something like, "We, what's the strongest uh, single sentence you can put this argument across in? I'm and so glad Declan you are. I will judge you harshly i'm really I'm, glad you i'm asked. pretty sure that amy's got it's it written covered. down it is covered there's statistics okay. in here right oh here we okay. go so i okay here we go no no, no. like mood down this is like okay. this is like you know on question time <laughs> uh-huh. when they have like they've all been having a bit of a joke a bit of a debate but then someone just sort of cuts across and they're like, look, that's all well and good, but here are the facts. Here are the facts. And they're, they're coming at you. Basically, mm-hmm. I went onto a website called lyrics.com. Um, does what it says on the tin. Um, mm-hmm. And I basically, I searched, put your hands up to see how many times it has been used in Western music. Oh dear. Any takers on a... Guess how many hits? How many times that's come up? I think I've seen the answer, so I'm not going. Okay, you're to, not. Okay, I'm not Isaac, going to give an answer. Can but you give me Isaac, a... All I'll say is 
however much you think it is, it's more. <laughs> Could you give me a like lower and upper limit? They can be quite broad and I'll guess within it. Dirk? Uh, okay. So is that the number of songs? That is how many, yeah, how many times? Okay, so so it's somewhere between 25,000 and 75,000 times. Oh, right, okay, I was off. I'm going <laughs> to guess 67,400 and that's it. Okay, so that's the risk of getting someone to guess because now this is anticlimactic. No, it's, it's all oh, right. No. We, 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 we oversold, but it's still a depressingly large it's number. 51,872 times. Um, oh, no. Two thirds of which I'm pretty sure are Fed Legrand's. Put your hands, hands up, up for Detroit. Um, <laughs> Can we just say an absolute classic? Now that's what I call music 52, I think. The longest. What an amazing song. The longest, most repetitive song, to probably used in Guantanamo Bay. It's. It's just so, it's so long and bad. Um, but, oh, fun fact, this is a side. Um, whilst looking up the lyrics, not that it took very long. No. Um, so at the end, it says, put your hands up, put your hands up, put your hands up for Detroit. Yeah. Our I lovely w- city. Right. I, I thought, thought it was, I love this city. I love this city. No. I thought it was, I love this city, which has some kind of like gusto. No. It says, a lovely city, like yeah. a trip advisor. <laughs> yeah. It's like the travel board. Yeah. A lovely wow. city, which, you know. That takes away all gravitas, doesn't it? I reckon that, that that the song was commissioned by like the Detroit local council Absolutely. because yeah. I mean its its image is not as a lovely yeah. city; it's as an industrial wasteland. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like your nan describing a song. Or something. Yeah, a lovely city. Oh, it's a lovely city. <laughs> do a great cup of tea. Basically, to see how sort of Simon says the world's lyricists are, I proceeded to type in the weird a weirder instruction. Uh-huh. I went for touch your nose. That Ooh. appears 33,936 <laughs> times <laughs> in Western music. Where? I don't know. <laughs> but no, how, does, how does it appear like more than half as often I as, don't know. as put your hands up? But the best one, I typed in get your hair cut. Because I was like, how, ba- how extreme can we go here? So I typed in get your hair cut and it opened up a whole new can of worms. Pete Townsend. Right. Guitarist mm-hmm. of The Who. Yeah. And I'm bringing this up because for anybody who thinks their heroes are infallible, <laughs> uh, they absolutely are not. Um, he wrote a song. I'm not going to tell you what it's called yet. But if you're teaching at the moment, Isaac, yeah? Yes, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> if, if you ever need to explain bathos to a class. <laughs> Is I it Pete never Townsend's have. career I've, and this song? Um, I've got your source material covered. Okay. Okay. So I will read you the lyrics, and you'll see why this is relevant. Mm -hmm. I didn't find out I was a coward until I ran away. I didn't think I was a hypocrite till I tried to pray. I didn't Mm. realise I was lost till I started looking. I said it like that because there's no G, there's Uh no apostrophe. No, I got that. That was accurate. Um, I didn't know how much I loved you. Till I tasted your cooking. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, the next verse is, For your garlic-flavoured steak, I'd suffer nightmares. For your mashed potatoes, I'd even dig the dirt. For your okay. roast beef, I'd even get a haircut. That's where that comes in. And then, wow. to keep the larder full, I'd even work. I think even. if we need... Even work. If wow, we needed pay- an insight into John Darkin's iTunes, I think we found it's it. It's just that <laughs> forever. Yeah. That's horrible. It's it sounds so like bad. an advert for Wendy's or something. It's like he was commissioned to do a, a McDonald's commercial that never aired. Just That's so depressing. So many levels. That wow. is bad. Who was that song for? Other than John Darkin. Other than John Darkin. I think it was 
for his aunt or something. <laughs> it was just specifically for one member of his family that made a great roast dinner. And he said, I'm the guitarist of The Who. How, how am I going to express my love yeah. for this? It's through weird steak analogies. Weird steak analogies and haircuts. For anyone who wants to download it, um, it's called Cooking with no G. Okay, good. And an apostrophe. Good. Well. I might bleep that out because I don't want to support that song. <laughs> if a single penny gets spent Make on sure it. Yeah, let him see a surge failed. in downloads. Make sure you get it ironically or at least illegally. Do you think if we could get enough people to download it, he'd release more food-based songs should we do a about just things should we do, do a cooking for christmas number one <laughs> campaign <laughs> a benefit concert <laughs> yeah. i'll get coldplay <laughs> only two of them that's right the drummer twice <laughs> oh, it's oh just dear. it is a shame well it yeah shame. i think i think that i'm i'm fully going to throw my hat into the ring of dictatorial song lyrics are a shame yeah, I too will, uh, with no reservations, Thank support you. the motion to well, have it thrown into not room one hundred and one. We're not going to say which no. one, but it's not that one. No, like, we can't even say four. We can't even say room one hundred and two because the Ricky Gervais show have already done. Mm. <laughs> have they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so we yeah, but we're not we're not derivative of either. No. This is our own no. thing. But congratulations, yeah. Amy. Thank you. First guest, our first successful guest. Yeah. We have to do like some tracking system, but. Imagine if I knew how that bothered. Would <laughs> it's going to be a real shame for the first fucker who isn't. <laughs> yeah. Just say, I'm sorry, but this this is something that we both love. <laughs> I think if that happens, we should just stop the recording that, and tell yeah. them off air. That, that, that the bloke, episode just ends. <laughs> that bloke, that bloke who submitted racism. Imagine we just tell him, "Sorry, mate, it's just uh, doesn't qualify." Yeah. We've got put your hands up in there. It doesn't does not come Can't go chucking hate crime in there as well. No, it would be too much. Too soon, I think. Well, thank you very much. Let's find out a bit about uh, you, where people yeah, can exactly. find you. Where people can find me. Um, Twitter, I'm at Amy F. Matthews. Um, where else the F stands for fun. The F stands for fun. And wh- where else can you find me? Instagram, probably. Instagram. Again, at Amy F. Matthews. That's I've, good branding. I've taken a yeah, very I've yeah. taken a very scant for girls approach. One line <laughs> covers all. Um yeah. yeah. That's where you can find me. Also, you can find me geographically, not at my house. You can find me in Scotland if you happen to be Ooh. around in Edinburgh um over the summer for the fringe. Um I will be doing a show. It's called Dirty Laundry. It's at Just the Tonic Mash House. Um, I will be living in a shipping container for the duration of the oh, Fringe no. because it's I'm why? a student and oh to stay in Edinburgh over Fringe, you need you to, to be a sultan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, incredibly... It is a literal shark hotel yeah. slash oh, refugee that. camp. That's okay. So I will be living in a shipping container for you people. So it would be great if... What's some... the show about? What's it about? It's about flatmates, because that's never been done before. No. <laughs> it's about some flatmates. Um, and You're uh, the first person since Friends. Yeah, that, no, one's ever, no one's done it. Um, it hasn't been covered by Zoe Deschanel and some Americans. No, um, don't worry about that. Or Josh Whittacombe at any point. 80% of all like amateur yeah, theatre, don't worry about that. Exactly. So I thought I'd go kind of like you guys, a really brand new format. Yeah, that's us. It's never oh, yeah. been seen before no. on day. We're all going to get originality awards in the post yes. any day now. Um, so I'm basically, it's a sort of, it's two people, one of them's me. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's basically, yeah, two flatmates that live together and it transpires that one of them 
the guy is cross-dressing. They're, they're good friends. Not in your clothes. In my clothes. Oh, no. Oh, goodness. In my clothes. That is a shame. Um, it's the most... It's, yeah, it's so fringe. <laughs> that's so fringe. Uh, that's so fringe. And uh, that's, that's literally, that's pretty much it. But uh, like it I said. sounds cool. You don't want to give more away. I don't want to give any more away. No. Come and what see it. What are your dates? Are you doing the whole fringe? I'm, do- I'm not because I would like to keep my sanity. Um, no one can afford shipping containers forever. No one can afford forever. a shipping container <laughs> for the whole of the fringe. So I've gone for half of it. Um, from half? the 3rd to the 13th, it will be showing. Um, and I'll be running around the city for a couple of days either side of that also if you have any shows on get in touch with me i will come and see them in a trade deal sounds Aww. good yes there All you right. go listeners that's quite the offer well thank you very much for coming on amy it's thank been a pleasure you. thank you very thank much thank you for helping to help us work out what this feature is yeah okay. we'll get you back maybe in like 25 features down the line <laughs> when we have a, a real format honed to precision um Super. we're gonna and if there's nobody else I'll see you all next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It'll be the same. You won't have to come back. It'll be the same recording. Get in touch with them. Speak to them, moan at them, so that you don't have to listen to me again next Wednesday. Oh, no, it'll be Sunday. Yeah. Well, we've moved into a boring admin realm now. That's the one. (laughs) Let's loop back to the end of the episode. I don't know how we're going to, but just imagine that this was seamless, and one day it will be. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. See ya. Baby, I'm ashamed. Fruity, fruity, fruity. Should we come out of it doing that thing where people laugh? <laughs> what? Is that? Oh, oh yeah. well, that was that, eh? Oh, what a goodness feature that was. I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay, we can do that if you want. Okay, let's do it at 10 seconds. Ready? Oh, oh, oh. God, oh. we had a good time. Oh, what a feature, eh? Do you remember when we recorded that oh. all those hours ago? At Minutes. least... At least 70 minutes ago. I had a whale of a time. She was good, wasn't she, Amy? Uh, she did very well. I mean, very that sounds, accurate. again, really uh, patronising. We sound like that IMDB reviewer of the Spice World. Oh, I didn't mean to. She was, she no, was good. But no, the yeah. line about the RNLI, uh, I just edited it and it made me laugh. <laughs> organically, three times in a row. Well, there so. you go. Then what more do you want? But yeah, no, Go and um, see her Edinburgh show. Yeah, make sure you do. Follow her on, on her social media, Amy F. Matthews. Yeah, um, and sort that out. She, she admitted to me afterwards, she thinks that's what it is. <laughs> so that's the kind of organizational level that we like at this le- uh, this show though. apparently there are two other amy matthews who are in any Don't way popular on the internet them. one of them's uh, owns an australian diy shop or something and the other is a pornographic cartoonist i've heard that they both hate homeless people so <laughs> in fact block them yeah absolutely abstain from from supporting them in any sense in fact if, if you fancy it vocally denounce them <laughs> oppose them <laughs> don't say you came from us though uh, God, no. perhaps Amy will be back in future because she has more things on her list to oh about. goodness yeah no she had a, a long list of things she thought um, but yeah. were a shame so yeah I, I think we can definitely get her back and if you'd like to come on the show with something you consider to be a shame all you need is a microphone Google Chrome and uh, the will to, to be involved really to have something to moan about for, yeah. for 10 to 15 minutes shame.city slash guest is the sign up form there, Declan, bring us out with some plugs. Okay, well, there are a plethora of pages on shame.city that you might wish to uh, to visit. Shame.city slash review is an interesting one I've heard, Isaac. Oh, what does what's that one about then? Uh, well, what it does, it, it takes you uh, to the iTunes review page. Oh, that's uh, where, convenient. Where you could, if you were so inclined, as if I'm sure... If you're a total sure, babe. 
as I'm sure as a as an avid and wonderful, lovely, lovable listener you are. Yeah, I would. Um, that sounded like I was sort of singing the wonderful thing about tickets. Lovable, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> It's very like, the wonderful uh, thing about listeners is listeners are wonderful <laughs> things. Um, so, uh, yeah, you can uh, you could drop us a review. Obviously, five star. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's not fuck about. <laughs> if you've got anything negative to say, just email it to us. Yeah, shout it down an alleyway. Um, no, whisper, I'm joking. Whisper email to it the trees. And we'll, yeah, and we'll uh, sort it out for you. Um, but yeah, pop us a little review. Appreciate it. Yeah, they really uh, do help us more yeah. than we ever thought that they could. So yeah, it would be uh, really helpful. Um, if you also visit regular shame.city you can uh, you can explore the entirety of our, our podcasting world there's a little bit about us not much admittedly um <laughs> you get to see our lovely heads but you can see all of the uh, the episodes and there'll be some some more content on there we always link to a couple of things now yeah. for each episode uh you can contact us as isaac has mentioned uh, you can email us tas tas at shame.city or you can get in touch with us on twitter at that's a shamecast Yes, I'm on Twitter at Isaac BD. Declan is at Cynical Declan. That's me. Before we fly out, we should mention that uh, we'll be guesting on another podcast this week. Oh my goodness, yes, we will Dual be. appearance, like some horrible Anton Deck replacement. Yeah, we're going to be appearing on a show. How is it? They put it across the pond. Yep. So uh, in the US, we'll be up 1am on Friday. <laughs> Or one a.m. on Saturday, I should probably Everyone say. in my house will be asleep, so it'll be a very whispered delivery. Same, yep. Hi, guys. <laughs> gonna, sound yeah. like, gonna sound like we're doing it while being held hostage. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like a true crime, like live from the scene. Yeah. If you could report on murders that might be about to happen to you. But that is a Turning Point podcast. I think they're a Turning Point 16 on Twitter. Check them out. Yeah. And, and uh, we'll I'm, link to that episode. Yeah, we'll inevitably share that uh, when it's yeah. out. Goodness knows what it will entail. Who has a clue? Uh, as always, tell a friend about the show if you care about them and us. Uh, them more than us, or us more than them. It's up to you. Pass on uh, the good news. That is, that's a shame podcast. Peace be Other with you. That, yeah, this has been episode 19. Pleased to meet you, and we'll see you for episode 20. See you at the milestone. Get ready. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strides. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you.
the simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Old Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander Necessities of life will come to you. 